Well, welcome back to the Ceiling of Complexity podcast. We have two of our favorite people in the entire world with us this afternoon, Miss Mitzi and, uh, of course, Mr. Brad Connors. Uh, so, Mitzi, tell us a little bit about kind of who you are and uh, what you do and what makes you tick. Well, I am a local Mankato resident, and I've been here my whole life, and I'm 53 years old. <laughs> and like I, 20. <laughs> I have owned a dance studio now since 2005. No, wait. That was when I built my building. 1992 is when I started Dance Express. So wow. we're going into our 28th season this year. Were you the first one in Mankato? No. Oh my really? gosh, no. As a matter of fact, I took dance when I was three and four. I suppose they were dancing in the ancient times too, they, right? There's they really, and yeah. <laughs> thanks Brad. I appreciate I, that. I'm not calling you agent. I'm just saying that. They <laughs> yes, did. my my teacher was here in Mankato too. Her okay. first, it was Miss Barbara School of Dance and it was in the old armory, which is right downtown, still there. I believe it's owned by different people now. And then it went to Miss Kathy School of Dance and then okay. Mankato Dance Company. It was all, you know, just different hands throughout the, the years. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, this just popped in my my head. Uh, when did guys, boys, start dancing? When what year? So you started in '92. When did? Because there's to a see lot more my, guys in your studio. Yeah. My, yes, there's definitely more guys now yeah, because right. that social norm is being more accepted. Yeah. You know, before it used to be a little taboo for some reason, mm -hmm. and though, luckily those walls are being crashed down. Yeah. So, but I've always had at least one or two boys oh, in yeah. my program. Even from, you know... The, Even back in the 90s. Absolutely, cool. yep. That's but cool. now we have full boys classes. We have guys' teams that compete. Wow. So it's just a <clears> different <throat> vibe. And they it's, as a matter of fact, this, just this morning, I had a call from um, a mom that brought her little two-year-old to our Wiggle Wednesday class. <laughs> and she said, I have never seen him so excited. I need to get him in class. You that, know, is, so, that is so and, neat. And, that, that's and changed. The part that I loved about it is the time that would only work they wanted to make sure dad could be there too because they wanted to watch him together in the class, cool. which was great that he was just on board as well. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the moms are easy, an easy sell, but those dads sometimes have those stigmas and it's like, right. what? He's not going to play football? That's mm, not yeah. okay. You know, mm -hmm. It's almost more of a dad stigma than it is a... <laughs> I 100% I agree. Because the kids are like, we just want to dance. That's right. Especially, like, especially at those Wiggle Wednesday classes are really geared for really tiny kids and that they don't, they have no stigma. They just jump mm -hmm. and sing and laugh and have fun, and mm -hmm. they don't care. I don't. I don't mean to digress too much, but there was a speaker that I listened to years ago that um, started the Life's Good shirt. Oh yeah. And um, anyway, his uh, one of his points in his speech was talking about how kids have their arms wide open. And they say things that maybe you and I wouldn't say, Matt, and they do things that we wouldn't do, Mitzi. But, but anyway, as we become adults, he talked about our arms start to close, and we're not as willing to make that comment and say things. So when you're talking yeah. about these little kids not caring, it's just it's too bad we can't go back to those days and have a little less care and be a little bit more carefree instead of all the crap that gets put in our heads those t-shirts are yeah. very very cool I'm yeah do one little change here or just or brad you can move over towards me a little bit let's just do that you're just a little far off camera there you go yeah see now you're in the right spot cool all right um so mitzi tell us a little bit about uh something good that's happening in your world right now well right now i am a mother of two and you know i i've always had a really good balance of work and home life but I've always felt like my kids, they kind of pay that price because my job it starts when school's done. 
So from three until nine, I was always busy at the studio. Well, the last couple years, I've taken myself out of the teaching role, and I'm 100% in as a mom, whether they want me to be or not. <laughs> but it's kind of an exciting time because they're junior and senior in high school. Uh, my daughter is, you know, was the captain of the soccer team. Now she's the captain of her the dance group that in her high school. I kind of feel like I'm the captain. I mean, and I don't mean that I'm living vicariously through her. I mean it as in this is a big job, and us moms are meeting frequently, and we're planning, and we're getting the season ready to go. And then Brendan, my son, is the lead in our high school musical. So um, it's they're doing Charlie in the Chocolate Factory or cool. Willy Wonka, and he's Charlie. So um, it's been just fun being 100% there for them and making sure they're fed and that they're getting the nourishment and the sleep that they need and just being present for them. Yeah, yeah, that's gotta be a huge, for both of them, undertaking. It is, yeah, yeah. but it's fun to keep them busy. It keeps them so focused um, and I feel like it makes their life really enriched to have all these other activities and you know, besides just the schoolwork. Right, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of what's happening with you personally and uh, so switching gears to the other side of your world. Yeah, so you know the dance studio is running strong, and I also own a dance competition as well called Impact Dance Competition. And uh, Dance Express is, like I said, we're going into our 28th year. And you know, one of the things that I've noticed for about this season in particular is that our staff is just so on board and wanting to be the best they can be. You know, sometimes in the past it might have been felt I felt like I had to pull them up or get them on board, but this year they are taking the reins on their own, and they are really trying to make Dance Express the best it can be. Hmm. How does that transition work? So did I understand correctly you are not teaching classes right now? I'm not. I haven't for two years. This is my okay. second season going in. I mean, I'll teach here and there, and I'll sub, of course, and I, and I always am checking in on the classes and making sure that they're running properly and up to my standards and following the correct curriculum. Right. Um, but I... That has allowed me to work on the business yeah. versus in the business, which has been really helpful. So I totally get that. How has the um, has there been pressure from some of the dancers that you used to teach that uh, five years from now maybe no big deal, but those last two years when when you had a a fifteen year old that's now eighteen that you're not teaching and used to, how has that transition been, or is it? You just got to hire really good people, right? That I was just going to say, that is the, that's a great question, and I was really worried about that, but luckily the staff I have in place, is so they're so brilliant, and they are sought after. I mean, these kids want to be with these teachers, so mm -hmm. it was just a natural progression. Mm -hmm. And also, you have to keep in mind, I, I was backing out of that teaching. I didn't just drastically stop. It was, you know, three years ago, I might maybe taught eight hours a week. And the year before that, I had 10 hours, you know, so it was a gradual cutback. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they're just not as used to seeing my face around there as often, um, the kids anyway. Right. The parents right. still see me out there, but. Right. So you dance, sorry, Matt. So you danced as a child, yeah. right? Mom oh. put me in lessons at age four. Okay. Yeah. So you grew up dancing and then you became a dance instructor right. and then you bought it or opened or whatever you did, right? Yep, I taught for another studio for about 12 years and then I just really, I just had so many ideas and so much more that I wanted to do. And so my mom and I together came up with the idea to, to go and start our own thing. So, so, so how is that your passion about dance period? But now not instructing, uh, do you miss that? Because I think as business owners, sometimes we 
you know, we start the business, we start meeting with people who have that interaction, that one-on-one deal. And then as you become a business owner, all of a sudden you're not one-on-one anymore and now you're running the business. And we can, some of us I think can get in the gap that all of a sudden we don't have, we don't have that connection. Yeah. So what, how's that been for I, you? It's so funny. I, I really do worry about that a little bit because I do love the creativity of the teaching part of it. And um, the kids just make you so youthful and they're so funny and they, they just say the best things. <laughs> um, so I do miss that part of, of, you know, just dealing with the kids. But I think because I do guest teach a lot and I'll do these little camps, like one, we just had a little Jojo Siwa camp and we had 44 kids sign up in 10 minutes. It was like the best camp. And so I taught at that and it was so fun because then I got to meet all of those kids and now every time I see them, they're mm-hmm. remembering, oh, there's Miss Mitzi from JoJo camp. You know, yeah. So I still get that little bit of a connection without having to um, do the daily grind of teaching each class. Sure, sure. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about um what you're struggling with right now or what what are some of the big hang-ups we call this show the ceiling of complexity right because you get to a certain point and you're like there's just a lot going on i literally uh, right now my world's all kind of collided and i have too many irons in the fire i have um you know so like i said i was trying to be that 100 percent mom yeah 150 percent mom so it's I let, still the number one thing that you should be 100 percent. that's my job right now and it will be a blink of an eye and they'll be gone yep, and yep. doing their own thing so go back to work then. yep right um and then you know running the business i did have some um, office personnel that were out for a couple weeks and that was just a new like eye-opening experience because I was kind of playing the role of that as well. And then I had, um, you know, the play coming up that I'm also choreographing. My son's in it, but I'm also, I was hired as the choreographer of that play. So then that was going on. And then my daughter's other dance program was starting at school. So all these things were happening at once. Plus I tend to say yes. So people say, Hey, can you come and speak at this luncheon? Sure. Can mm-hmm. you, you know, meet us, you know, even the, even the come social on this podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so all of those little appointments, they feel a little overwhelming at times. And that's where I feel like I have too many irons in the fire and I can't do one thing really good. Cause I'm doing like eight things mediocre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you, what's your out, right? I, I think, I think successful people need an out, whether that's religion, whether that's exercise, whether that's meditation. Have you figured out what that out is to get yourself grounded? What is it? Just to um, connect, you mean, and kind of like debrief Mm -hmm. and just take a deep breath. Um, I do yoga every day and I do love that connection. And I feel like that's a little bit of a, even though it is a physical, it is a spiritual thing. It's like Mm -hmm. settling your mind, allowing your mind to meditate a little bit. I think that really helps me a lot. I do journal too. And that helps Mm -hmm. from the time that you sit down to kind of start the yoga practice. Um, how long until your brain calms down for you personally? Does it take 10 minutes to get there? Does it take 20 minutes? Does it take an hour? Um, no, actually, that is one thing that I, within minutes, I can just turn that off. And you I think that's a there. practice, though. I don't think it used to be that way. I think it's now, it's almost a necessity. I just turn it off for a little bit, focus on myself. Mm-hmm. And then, and you know, I used to wake up a lot in the middle of the night with thoughts that would run through my mind. And that's why I've learned, too, to just turn that off for a little bit so that you can get the rest that you need. Otherwise you don't function well the next day. Mm -hmm. When do you, when do you do the yoga? Is it 
when you're at that tipping point or do you have, are you a, a schedule set schedule? I mean, it's gotta be tough for you to, to do that because you're running and doing all these things. So where do you fit it in? I do it right away in the morning when I wake up. Okay. Um, so, but I, you know, I, that just sparked a thought. Like maybe I should stop in the middle of my afternoon and just take 10 minutes. I mean, I have a dance studio, right? I could just go into the right. uh, next room and, right. and just take 10 minutes for myself to do that. It probably would help immensely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually have an app. I don't know if my phone's here, but there's an app that pops up and every once in a while it says, do you need a little headspace? And oh, it's yeah. a three minute, just put yourself away from people for three minutes. And I've probably done it, I don't know, 15 or 20 times. I even did it the other day when there was clients here. I literally went downstairs and next to the bathroom down there, I just That's sat so down great. and I just took three minutes to get headspace. I think that app is called headspace. Yeah. And I have that app. I need to reignite it because I haven't played it for a long time. It's kind of a fun one because you can select like, do you want three minutes? Do you want five minutes? Do you want 10 minutes? Yes. But what's it do, Matt? What uh, is it? Is it music? Is it, is it breathing? What is it? It's a little breathing exercise. And what they talk about is you have all of these thoughts and they're like a highway and your job is to, for one minute, get off the highway and watch the thoughts go by. And your job is to just recognize that these are thoughts and that you can step off the highway at any given moment and you can watch these thoughts go by. And then it kind of keeps going back to this theme or whatever. And I don't know a lot about you. So yoga. is it talking to you? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And his voice is so calming, I think. Huh. But the good so thing- So that's interesting because you can select either a oh. guy or a girl voice <laughs> on the app. And of course I selected the female voice. I don't want to sit in the lone by the dark by myself listening to a dude. So, so you say his voice yeah. and of course I say, oh, um, I selected the female voice. I just kept the, whatever the default voice was. <laughs> But um, you can also tune into what it is that you need. So there's different categories within there. So mm-hmm. let's say you're struggling with overeating. You can go on onto that that module, I guess, and talk about that too. Interesting. You know, it'll help you just focus your thoughts differently. Yeah. So mornings you work out. Is it up at the same time every morning? Doing yoga at this time, same time? Yeah. So is it a routine? It is. I mean, I get up you know around seven in the morning. I'm 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 up pretty late at night. So. Yeah. Uh, seven is my wake up time. I wish I could get, I know Matt is that early riser, aren't you? You know, I never used to be, and I still don't think of myself as an early riser, but that, you know, we, we always learned about this 90 minute jam session Yeah. and how, if you can have 90 minutes to focus on something, then if you can get one in, in the day, you're successful. I feel like if you can get two 90 minute jam sessions in, you're wildly successful. And anyone that's pulling three 90 minute phone off, totally dedicated to one problem for 90 minutes. If you can do that three times in a day, where you can take your life to is like absolutely beyond yeah. insane, you know? But the idea of a 90 minute jam session, I just love that idea. You know what I found out though? Matt's wife gets up no matter what time, if he says he's it's getting so up at six, she gets up an hour before <laughs> I know, him. I know. It's her space. That is, she's my hero. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> How it's is her, she doing it's her that? space. Yeah. yeah. She was up the other day at four and I'm like, go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> she's Carol. like, leave me alone. I want my hour. <laughs> yeah. She wants her hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a 5 a.m. guy too. And it, everything for me is just a routine. It just needs to be. I yeah. don't care if it's Saturday morning. I need to know on Friday what I'm doing Saturday. And so, um, but I'm glad that you've got that built in or whatever that is, right? To start your day. Cause when you get to probably 10 AM it's chaotic, right? Exactly. You've got stuff yep. going on and, yep. and things happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how there's this moment before the day kicks in and the phone rings and then somebody has an issue that has to get dealt with right then and there. And that 5 AM to 8 30 AM, 
that's the time that you actually get stuff done. Like as an entrepreneur, like you're actually making forward progress during that time. And the rest of the time, for the most part, at least for me, is almost throwaway time. Wow. It's like, I, okay, you guys are inspiring me to start setting my alarm a little earlier. <laughs> that, mean, that does mean I have to go to bed earlier though. <laughs> right. You know, right. my kids are up until 10 o'clock, so then that means I am too. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the wind down at the end of the day. Yeah. Do you have any rituals for the wind down to help focus or get yourself to the point that you can actually fall asleep when you have a million thoughts? Do you mean like glass of wine <laughs> wind down or what do you mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think for me, I literally am so exhausted by the end of the day. I just flop into bed and I, I do have the guilty pleasure of watching a little bit of a tape show yep. and then I, I turn the TV off and go to bed, mm-hmm. you know? So the wind down is fast and furious. <laughs> just down and out for the count. So right. it's interesting when you say that because there is a lot of entrepreneurs as we visit with them, they'll tell me that uh, their wind down is to work so hard during the day that they literally don't have anything left and they can fall asleep right away, right? And I always think that that's kind of almost a bad way of doing it because it's kind of like you have no gas left in your tank. You literally just have to fall asleep. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, think, it's the, yeah. I don't think it's a healthy way to live, put it that way. Right. You know, I, um, I think it depends on what your sleeping patterns are and who, and who you are. I mean, I, I can be on my phone and work and plug it in and 10 minutes later be asleep. But I think that's because I've just been running hard all day long. I don't, I don't know. But um, uh, I just read an article this week on, they said the vitamin Z so on sleep, mm-hmm. and, um, and I'm going to get these numbers wrong, but it was like LeBron James sleeps 12 hours a day. Tom Brady goes to bed at 8.30 every night. Um, they, they were just talking about people, uh, Justin Verlander, who's a, uh, a Cy Young uh, pitcher, gets 10 or 12 hours of sleep a night. So they were talking about, you know, you throw all these vitamins in and all this stuff that's supposed to be healthy, and getting that sleep on how important that sleep is. So... Well, where where are you guys? How many hours a night do you get? I get a solid eight every night. And okay. if I don't, I suffer the next day. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say a solid eight because I do tend to, I don't know if it's just the age that I'm at. I do wake up frequently. I have to go to the bathroom or whatever. But I have learned that if I engage with my cell phone or my email or anything like that in the middle of the night, then it really keeps me awake. Mm-hmm. So I've just learned to not even look. Even if I see my messages are flashing or whatever, I just do not look at it. Don't yeah. even pick it up. Yeah. How about you, Matt? How many hours? Uh, I don't even know because it's my sleep schedule changes a lot. But one thing that's been helpful to me is this melatonin. Mm. And so they make gummies that are melatonin gummies. And I think there's partially just a ritual of going to sleep. And for me, what it is is taking these two little melatonin gummies and that taste, I know that's my trigger. You know? huh. So yeah. how do you program yourself to a trigger? Well, part of my trigger is take my two gummies wait for five minutes right and then usually then i'll kind of go in and start the shutdown mode huh. yeah do you guys monitor your sleep at all so i've trudy laughs at me all the time i i have an app on my phone that's <laughs> my alarm clock but my phone i know my <laughs> phone you can't you can't change what you can't measure right um but my phone is is next to my bed, and so it uses the microphone to record, so to like tell you if you're snoring or whatever. But it, 
So you, you don't have to wear a watch wear. then. It's no, I don't. Your, I don't wear yeah. my watch because I don't want to get woke up or anything. And then in the morning, though, it'll give you like a, your percent quality of sleep that, that, that you have. And then it starts to like I've got a year's worth of data in there now. So it's like I know what months I tend to stay up a little bit later, which oh, is in the summer and, and different things like that. I don't. It, they say you're supposed to monitor it. I've got it. I don't know exactly how good it is, but it is interesting when I get a 60% sleep night versus an 80%, there is a difference in the morning that I feel. So it's, I don't know. I don't know what you I would do actually that like to try that. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of interesting. I know that I just saw Dr. Oz's show and he was saying how really you want to sleep, have a cool temperature have you know the warmth be cuddly in your blankets but the air temperature should be like around 60 to 65 that and, low mm-hmm. really he said that will give you the optimal sleep because you'll get you'll go fall asleep faster the other thing too if you want to fall a fast sleep wait fall asleep fast um is to wear socks to bed he said if your feet are super warm that you will just fall asleep now the funny thing is, is i thought i always thought i hated wearing socks to bed like that just kind of grossed me out actually yeah and i tr- i've been trying it this week and I, first of all it makes me fall asleep right away and i haven't been kicking him off in the middle of the night so huh so yeah. you don't wake up well like when i do it i get it that's two three in the morning and i'm pulling the things off or i something think like the that. key is though if that cooler temperature though sure then then the warmth of the socks is you know you want them on because it's cold right you know and it's also probably a little better on your heat bill too in the cold minnesota that's very winters. true <laughs> that's very true Save he it. did say something about um you know that getting that extra, your feet don't get as much circulate circulation. Yeah, Cir- circulation. Circulation. What circulation. is my problem here? <laughs> circulation, and so then by warming them, it keeps that blood flow really going through the feet. So it's just sure. better for your circulation all around. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. So back to work. When when back to work. Yeah, <laughs> back to work. When you um, when you have all this chaos going around you, right? Do you have like a main person that you go to that that is your who to help get you out of that chaos? Or is it shut the door? I need 45 minutes to strategize and put together the plan. How do you react when your walls, you know, your back's against the wall and things are kind of falling down? What You know, I think they have different people for different things. You know, so if I have my business manager that is amazing and if I really need to crank some stuff out and she just comes right into my office with me and we just talk it through together. But if I'm frustrated or I want to vent because I'm a relatively positive person, but there's times where you just need to like let load, let yeah. go. <laughs> and so I, um, I have a different friend that I call for that and I just vent to her and she vents back to me about her life. And right. I, I told her, I'm like, this is, you're my, my go-to for mm-hmm. that kind of thing because you can't do that to everyone and you can't right. um, even give that persona that you're angry about whatever it is that, that is. Uh, so, th- you know, different people solve different problems yeah. but I do value that I'm going to shut the door. Please don't bother me. As a matter of fact, I went down to um, GMG the other day, Greater Growth Mankato okay. and they had these great signs on, they have, you know, they kind of live in a bubble down there because it's all glass windows for their offices. Okay. Yeah. But they have these little signs on there that says, please don't interrupt me. I'm focusing. I'm busy focusing. And it's got, so you can just flip it. And then all the, all the otherwise it says, please, and, you know, come on in. I don't, I don't know what the other side said, actually. I just yeah. noticed the focusing side. Right. I don't think I, thought, I would ever change it. I would always leave yeah, that right? on my door. I But I mean, what a great mm-hmm. little message. It's not that mm-hmm. I'm busy, too busy for you. I'm mm-hmm. just focusing right now. Yeah. And that's a different way to look at that. You know, I wouldn't yeah. be offended if I was a customer. Mm-hmm. I would go, oh. 
they're they're in the middle. But if it says I'm busy, I'm too busy yeah. for you, then that sends a bad it, signal. Is it an open door policy for you? I mean, is your door open and people can come in with their, we'll call it crap, come in with their yeah. stuff anytime they want and, and kind of just, here's what's going on. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because it is, but I need to put some parameters on that mm-hmm. because there's sometimes where I'm in the middle of crunch time and someone wants to just come and kind of chit chat and then yeah. they'll sit down yeah. and I'm pretty good at giving my body signal and my body language of just, I don't have time for this right now. And yeah. usually most people do pick up on that. Yeah. But I do think that even having that sign in the door or shutting the door would allow me to, to kind of power through those 90 minute jam sessions like Matt was yeah. saying. I found that some business owners, if they have a little bit more structure in place, meaning a bin on somebody else's desk, right? Of stuff you have to sign or the mail or whatever, that stuff goes there. And when you're ready, then you go grab it, not for them to walk in and get everything signed by you. And that way, it, you know, it puts up a little bit more parameters. Somebody calls and wants you, take a message, I call them back between one and two o'clock or whatever those time periods are to kind of separate that and to just know it's helpful for a lot of business owners if they can get to that point. And people probably take it too far at some sometimes, but I think that having an open door is just, is again, inviting chaos into your life where you could be maybe a little bit more structured and have it, have it in a pile and you get it when you want. Yeah. You know, it at is, my convenience rather than at their right, convenience. Right. Yeah. Right. It is interesting. <laughs> like when those phone calls come in, how it can totally derail your whole afternoon. Yeah. That you can be jamming on one thing. And what's interesting is sometimes if you do just let it go to voicemail, in the two hours that it takes you to actually call the Mac or whatever, they've solved 80% of it on their own. And then you're answering one question instead of trying to fix the world for them. Right. The hard part about it is sometimes you have to answer that. And that's how do you how do you deal with that trade-off of, okay, I have to answer this versus if I just give this person two hours, they're going to figure it out on their own. You know, how do, how do you play with that, Mitzi? Um, letting it letting it go to voicemail yeah letting them handle it for just a little bit they get over the bulk of whatever their question is and then you can kind of step in and still be the hero versus being the hero when the phone call comes in right Right. away and And always being at their beck and call and always being at their beck and call I think I actually the last couple years I've kind of trained our clientele Um, we were having issues where We'd get Facebook messages, then we'd get texts, and then we'd get emails, then we'd get a call, then we'd get a, you know someone just stopping by in the studio. And so we really try to redirect everyone that they need to use. I've, I just chose email. For me, that is the most consistent. I can get back to it when at my convenience. Yeah. So we really trained our parents to, I, sh- I don't want to use the word train. It right. sounds kind of silly, but, it is. Um, but we just really asked them, go through that channel. And that way, when they do those other means, I feel like I can ignore them and not, you know, that's, that's kind of on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as I get an email, then I'm, I'm a little bit, and I, I only check my email a couple times a day. So then again, you're not such a slave to having to, oh, I've got to check. I've got to see if they need, need me, you yeah. know? Yeah. I've actually, I, I say email is evil for me and uh, I have somebody check it all day long and it's been really really helpful so I look at mine a couple times a day too but I know if somebody needs something that somebody else is taking care of it and I think back to your point not not just let them figure it out I think if if someone's answering your phone and they say Mitzi's busy she can get back to you later this afternoon but is there anything I can help you with Mm 
And all of a sudden, they're solving more problems for you, and it doesn't even have to get to you. Or that person, instead of calling saying, is Mitzi available, they're calling directly to the other person because they fixed it for them last time. And so training your team to be able to try to take as much off your plate, too, I think is probably very helpful, too. And that is, I I do feel like that is my team is doing that 100% right now. They feel a lot of those calls, and I can hear them in the other room when they answer the phone. Mitzi's busy, but can I take a message? And usually, Uh now they do, they'll call and ask for Donna instead Mm -hmm. of me, which Mm -hmm. is wonderful because she She's usually the one that can answer quicker than anyway. And is Donna saying, or whoever's answering, are they saying Mitzi's not able to return calls until after one o'clock today or something? Are they giving them some expectations on when you're going to call them back? Um, I don't, I haven't gone that far with it yet. I think they usually just take a message and say she'll get back to you when she can. Okay. Okay. So it's interesting because you know that you have this idea of unique ability. And I wonder for entrepreneurs, if picking the mode of communication with our clients should be theoretically linked to this idea of unique ability. So part of your unique ability is to write back quickly on email and shoot something back. Part of my unique ability is, you know, making a quick little video and having that video feel very, very personal to whoever that client is. So I think for our listeners, one kind of fun takeaway out of this is, you know, for you personally, what is the unique ability? And then the communication with whatever the business is, should fit that mode of unique ability. So for me, you know, it's always making a quick little video or even recording an audio message where I'm not typing something out is vastly powerful for me. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. But almost nobody uses that, you know, on the Apple phone, right. just hitting the little audio recording. And I do that all the time with clients. Yeah. I did yeah. it probably three times yesterday with different clients. And so I, you and just I, send them a, an audio message of what the, what the problem, how yeah. to resolve the problem or they'll send me like a text message or even a Facebook thing. And then I'll just jump on there and I'll just hit the record button. Hey, you know, this is Matt. And I was thinking about next week, Tuesday and da, 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 you know, and then I'll just hit send on it. Are you yes. doing audio or video though? A lot of times I'll just do audio. Okay, I don't I, do it with you, but I do it with yeah. Because I, I know you do some. We have to too. remember that Matt is a DJ by his <laughs> by trade, trade. Yeah. and so he's got that voice, and <laughs> yes, he's got those exactly. quick words. <laughs> I need to think my thoughts through. I would, I would have to retake my right, video and right. my audio yeah, a few times. Yeah. But it is interesting, like filtering all of the communication down to what is your unique your unique ability for being able to communicate, and then saying how do we take this and for all of our clients yeah. fitting unique ability to the way that we're asking them to interact with the business and it can be different for every business you right. know and I, I like the fact that you're picking one mode for your clients to interact with you so you know um, on Facebook I think you can put some automatic things so all I of a sudden it. it just says send me an email instead right yeah that's what I have an autoresponder it's yeah, called yeah, yeah that, that is awesome so I I haven't thought that through before but I like that you you from a marketing standpoint you probably still need to be on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram or wherever you're at yep. and I do have a girl that will that scrapes our Facebook, uh-huh. you know, so she'll go through and make sure that there aren't some messages that, you know, we really still want to respond to those people. So mm-hmm. especially if it's a new parent and they're like, I have questions about f- for my four-year-old and if they get an autoresponder and that turns them off, we mm-hmm. want to make sure that we're still reaching out to them through the measure that they, they use. So if they're using Facebook, we'll use that back. Give us a call. We'll, you know, so we do give that personality and that personal touch there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being all yeah. autoresponder. But this is, you know, we have a big parent meeting at the beginning of the year. And that's when we say, please, if you need to get a hold of us, call. Everything you know, through email. Through, through email. Right, right. So it's interesting, like, thinking about uh, the people that you hire. 
But one of the questions that would be fun before you hire somebody is to say, most of the time when you're communicating, are you, as the person we would potentially hire, communicating through Facebook? Are you communicating through voicemail? Are you communicating through? And then if you're hiring them to do that position, making sure that as you hire them, the position that you're fitting them into is their default way. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. That would be an interesting question in an initial interview with somebody to say, hey, are you going to come and work on our team? Right. And what about the team standpoint? How do you want to be communicated? You know, if we were all working together, I know you'd want to be emailed. I would want to be text. You might want the video, you know, I mean, and then and then working in that. So you might have somebody on your team that wants the audio message that he's doing or whatever. Well, and I communicating think wh- whoever is in charge way. would get their way. I mean, theoretically, right? <laughs> sure. I mean, I think that for me personally, if I get so many texts in a day, I will lose track of if I've responded to them or how to follow up with that. Or if they're sending me a document, I need it on where I can pull it up on my computer and I can't do that on my phone. So that's for me, texting doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But for your, you know, maybe that works really good for you. So in, with your staff, they can just text you quick and then you can get it out of the way and mm-hmm. cross it off your to-do list. So right. I think every boss has a different set of criteria. But you're right, sure. a lot of people do really resist in, within my staff. They would rather text. I know especially the young college girls and the high school kids. Mm-hmm. And they just have to conform. Yeah. I mean, at this point. Yeah. You know, yeah. it might be a little... I don't know if it's outdated. It just, for me, there's a chain. I can see their response. I know that they've answered. I also have an app on my email that's called Boomerang. So if if I need to sync it out of my inbox and I don't want to look at it for a little while because it's it doesn't need to be dealt with till next week, I boomerang it for that time and it comes back when it's okay. when it's supposed to. It even boomerang even senses when it should come back because they can read it within the text of the of the email. It'll say should we meet next Tuesday Mm -hmm. at eight, it'll come back two hours before that meeting. So it reminds me that that's when the meeting is, you know, and then, and then, um, also it'll boomerang will also auto reply. This person hasn't responded within two days. Do you want to follow up? It'll say, Mm -hmm. you know, so it really keeps me on my toes of like, Oh, that's right. I forgot I was going to do that with them. I'm going to see if they're still on board. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. How about hiring? Has it been tough? I mean, you, you need to have good instructors. You have to have good people in the office. I think you mentioned Donna. Um, have you had a hire lately? And how difficult was that? Or did you get lucky? Or how'd that go? Well, I do feel like luckily in our town, in our in our community, we have a college that has amazing talent that comes. You know, the, the downside of that, though, is that they're here for a short time. Yeah. So, it's a four-year town. Yes. That's what I always tell However, people. Four-year town? It's a four-year town. Yes. Yeah. Three, or, three or four of our girls, though, have chosen to make Mankato their their home. And so I'm really lucky because they're they're all in and they're wonderful and they're now mature. You know, mm-hmm. so I've really got that luck behind me because they started, they moved here from the Twin Cities, but now they're staying in Mankato. So that's really great. Awesome. Um, one gentleman we just hired, um, we kind of did a national recruit for him and he's from Colorado. Yep. So that's the first time I've ever hired out of state like that and sure. brought him in. And it's a transition. This poor kid is just being thrown into the trenches right away, but he's doing a remarkable job and um, rising to the occasion. And, you know, he's young, so he's got some learning to do as far as, um, balancing a lot. I mean, we threw a lot at him. At, What's he doing? What's his role? He, I have hired him as the artistic director. Okay. So he's teaching a lot of the teams <clears throat> and a lot of the classes that um, we have going on. So okay. more of the competitive side of the dance world. He's not doing the little preschool classes or right. our um, daily classes, but a more of our team structured sure. and our technique classes and 
Yeah. Uh, he comes with a lot of expertise, so I'm really excited about that. But I think that the challenge has been getting him up to speed with where we're at and knowing these kids as well as we do. We know them inside and out. We've watched yeah. them grow up since they were three or four years old. And he's coming in just green here, not knowing who can do what and who is, you know, what baggage they, so to sure. speak, have. Mm-hmm. So when you go to hire, you said national, um, it's not like you're, I mean, you have a very nice company, but it's not like it's huge. Right. So when somebody's listening to this or saying national, I think a lot of us probably get narrow side and say, hey, with 30 mile radius, we got to find somebody. So how did that go about? How long did it take to find him then? Well, luckily I have a really wonderful um, association of studio owners that is, is nationwide. Okay. So that I, there was a few people within that organization that I know run top notch programs. And I pride myself on having a really top notch program and our curriculum and our staff is outstanding. And so I reached out first to a couple of those, those studio owners that I knew had top high caliber students coming out of them Mm -hmm. that were highly trained. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, again, I feel like, um, call it karma, whatever, yeah. it, it just, the, this kind of fell right into my lap and it worked out and he was looking for something else. And um, so it was really only two asks that I had to do and I wow. found him and it wow. was, it was, and then we flew him out and he mm-hmm. guessed hot last spring and um, you know, right away I was like, everyone just loved him. I mean, he, yeah. he was just, he has a lot of raw talent. So yeah. I think he's definitely, um, and he's really kind Mm-hmm. And so that really has been fun for the kids to have someone that really truly cares about how they're feeling each day and if they, if they're getting challenged and, you know, right. Yeah. That's really cool. So, you know, she mentioned a group that she belongs to, which I think is really important to make sure that we surround ourselves with like-minded people and, and get to talk. And then it's been a game changer for then, me, honestly. Yeah. And then the whole karma thing, right? I mean, it, Hard work covers a lot of mistakes, but it's also you've got to you've got to be able to know people, ask questions, get to the right people, and then all of a sudden things can happen too. So it's pretty cool. Really cool. Do you have any questions for us before we wrap it up? Well, gosh, this has been enlightening. I'm I'm <laughs> just gonna say I'm gonna start getting. I'm gonna set my alarm clock for an hour earlier <laughs> every day next week, and I'm gonna stick to that. And she's gonna yell yell at us why she gets no, up early. No, I'm gonna love guys. it. I'm gonna have an extra hour to do my you know, get my day started. I love that. Awesome. An extra hour for you before you start giving the entire day. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There is some truth to that. If you take that hour in the morning and kind of focus your brain and take you time first, Mm -hmm. it gives you a lot more in your cup to perspective. I do feel like I do that, but then it starts my day a little late. So if I can do that at Mm 6am and then be ready to, to give at seven, right. Then I'll get that much more done in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool random tangent here but my grandpa always used to talk about how people were cups and uh and that there's a spoon right and when i meet you i can take a little bit of water out of my cup and dump it into your cup or i can take a little water out of your cup and dump it back into my cup and uh my grandpa always used to say then uh you know which one are you are you when you meet somebody are you taking a little bit out of their cup just one little spoonful so the cup is you know half full or half empty everyone knows that analogy but when you meet somebody are you are you dipping a little water out of your cup or are you dipping a little water out of their cup so whose cup gets gets filled up yeah Cool. Well, that's a wrap on today's your grandpa, show. Your grandpa yeah. sounded amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's amazing. <laughs> that's a wrap on today's show. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you back here next time for the Ceiling of Complexity show.